Hello and welcome to the TPM podcast. That's Theology of Plain Men, if you're a newbie stumbling in. Uh, I'm here with Zach in the studio. Yo. And <laughs> Did you say yo or I yeah? Th- uh, <laughs> Affirmative. <laughs> uh, and, and remotely we have Cody. Welcome, Cody. Thank you. I feel like a special guest on this podcast you, <laughs> whenever yeah, I make it. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. No, it's it's good to have Cody. It's good to have Zach. It's good to be back. This is our second episode back. Um, we said a little bit about how we miss doing this. Yeah, in, in uh, some of the lockdowns. We're, we're back in season two. You could even say. Yeah, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cody, I have a confession. I haven't cooked your venison thing that you gave me. So, so you say this. Um, but we got to back up. Well, yeah. So, so give me the give me the story. Okay, so at at some point, Cody handed off a frozen venison thing that he had. It's like a what a, you know. Not it's like venison. These, it's uh, venison things, by the way, are you know these commonly uh, yeah yeah thin okay. strips of meat that many of us call bacon. Yeah, okay, bacon comes off a pig, so don't get don't start with me with that. But I but I said I would try it because I haven't done a lot of venison stuff, and I and I love to eat i love to cook and i love food so it's like i would like to be into venison especially up this way where everybody freaking hunts and let's take an english lesson here uh andre and i quote (laughs) i don't do a lot of venison stuff (laughs) clearly clearly you don't quote do a lot of venison stuff Yeah, maybe that just means maybe that's just me trying to say i don't hunt uh (laughs) <laughs> well, well, I, I mean, you. it's it's tough to say that I hunt. I sit in a deer stand yeah, every well, year, but I yeah. don't know if you could call what I do yeah, hunting. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, I have every intention, Cody, of of um, cooking your venison bacon, which now I know that's what it is. Maybe that's the first step is like knowing what it is. Yeah, and I guess knowing what you're eating might help. Yeah, yeah. So we are here to talk about the second installment uh of our series topics we take for granted um last week we talked about sin and and basically just unpacked this really fundamental idea that tends to influence a lot of the topics in theology that we discuss together on this podcast so um and and then and that's like the bigger picture of this series is taking the underlying concepts that we often are using in our understanding of different, you know, quote unquote, higher theological concepts. They're not higher theological concepts. And that's the whole point of this series is to basically draw attention to these fundamentals and kind of take them as topics of their own, uh, which which they are totally deserving of. So the first week we did sin, um, and then this week we're going to do gospel. And so it kind of makes sense. One, this sin issue leads into gospel, which is kind of the answer um and so yeah and and I'm excited to do to do gospel. It seems like I mean it seems to me like this is almost the most fundamental thing for us to talk about in terms of how it relates to other theological issues. I think the gospel does underlie pretty much every other theological truth that is important to us in our daily lives. Um at at a certain point, you know, the truth of Christ um and his sacrifice for our sins should bleed into um pun not intended, into all the other topics that we um, consider. So um, I'm just going to, so when I when I was thinking about this, I said, well, we're going to have to start with just like a bare bones 
um, presentation of the gospel. And and this is and I tried to like literally make this as simple as I could. And I wrote, "We were hopeless, hopelessly sinful. God sent His Son Jesus Christ to pay the penalty for our sins. That gift is free for the taking if we will accept it." And there's a thousand different ways that you could permute that and explain that and present it in different ways. But I don't know. I think like there's this concept of the simple gospel, and it's not, that's a phrase that I hear people throw around. And I think that that emerges because there's so much complexity potential in the gospel. But at the end of the day, it is a very simple concept and simple thing to express. Um, how else would you guys... Like, what would you add to that, I guess? So, <clears throat> last week, we uh, I kind of talked about that Romans 1 through 3, right, is, is kind of the three-chapter indictment of humanity. When, when you kind of read through it, we went through some excerpts there. Um, and uh, I, I had mentioned that it kind of culminates in Romans uh, 23, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. So that's where... Romans 1 through 3 culminate right there. Like that is the pinnacle of the first three chapters. But if you read on, uh, it says, And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So that is Paul immediately from this point on into Romans begins to change the tune of what he's talking about from that point onward. Um, and that that's about as good it's it's you know putting the bible exactly to what you just said andre it's here's this hopeless indictment of humanity but god right uh if you ever talk to michael francis that's one of his big things is go through the bible and find the but god statements and you know this isn't one of them but it's the same kind of in theory where god flips the script and he says but i've justified you you know I think um, you guys are onto a good start. And, and to be honest, uh, I, well, one, I, I haven't heard what you guys talked about last week with sin. I'm sure it was great. Um, nice of you to care. I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't <laughs> be so confident there, Cody. Trying to talk us up a little bit, yeah. you know, at least, at least make people think we're confident in what we're putting out. <laughs> and uh, I hope when it, when it comes out that you guys can back me up for having such confidence. But uh, Zach, in just even preparing for tonight, I, I totally agree with you in looking at Romans to kind of define sin and then what God has done about it. Um, and I even, I think just kind of from being around Michael Francis over the years and, and even in preparing for tonight a little bit, I, I kind of was reminded that one thing I think I want to add to that is what we're being saved to. So I think we've We've even hit on this idea that we're being saved from sin. And the point is that we're being saved to God. Because like Romans said, we took God in all of his excellence and we suppressed the truth about him. We exchanged his glory. We exchanged the truth for a lie. Uh, and ultimately, the gospel is also about bringing us back to God. It's not just about being a better person and just going to heaven when we die, whatever your picture that is. But it also includes this idea of uh, as First Peter three eighteen says, that Jesus died to bring us to God, or as First Peter two nine says, to proclaim the excellencies of Him who called you from darkness into light. So I think the only thing I just want to add to to how you describe the gospel is 
what we're being saved to is that we're being saved to a good God who satisfies us and ultimately is the exact opposite of sin, which is exchanging that truth about him. Yeah. I, so I have one more verse that um, I think is a common go-to for like a succinct explanation of the gospel and that which comes directly from scripture. It's in first Corinthians 15 um, in, in the beginning here. For what I received, this is Paul writing, I passed on to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, also in accordance with the scriptures. So, like, that hits those things that we've been talking about. You know, it acknowledges the sinful state. Christ died for our sins. It acknowledges that he died, that there was a penalty that he paid uh, instead of us. Christ died for our sins. Um and, and, and then that he was buried, and then that in his kind of victory over death, his raising on the third day, uh, he has proven that his payment of the sins was effective and sufficient, um, and that, yeah, that he, is, that he is who he said he was, and that when he offers himself for us, we have the opportunity to accept that and to take hold of that same thing. So... I think we I think we have right I, I think we've kind of given our thesis if you will for for where we're going tonight you know put some scripture in there I'm gonna throw a new a new verse in there um, and uh, I'm gonna give the listeners a little history lesson here uh, the history of TPM uh, for those who may not know uh, TPM started uh, back in the living room of a college house that Michael Francis Matt Almquist and myself uh, lived in. Uh, and we used to call ourselves a hick, a hipster, and an Amish guy. Because <laughs> it, it sounded like the start of a bad joke. And, of, of course, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, a hick is obviously Matt Almquist uh, with where he came from. A hipster is me because I wear the tightest pants. And the Amish guy is Michael Francis because he did once model on the cover of an Amish romance novel. Which I happen to own. Which a few of us there, there's some copies floating around. I've heard it's a great read. I well, I haven't. Cannot but. bring myself to read it. So, <laughs> uh, anyways, I haven't. I want to be very clear. I have not listened to the video clip I'm about to play for us. Uh, but this is me talking about our very first ever video, and the video is titled "How the Gospel Affects Our Daily Lives." All I know for a fact, is that I used the verse Galatians 2.20. Now, I have heard myself talk a little bit, and I already hate my dumb voice and my dumb 22-year-old face. So, 21 probably at this point even. Probably wasn't even 22. So, uh, without further ado, this is uh, the first video of a, hick, a hipster and an Amish guy go Facebook Live with Zach Doman, seeing if he can drop some knowledge on future Zach Doman. So with that, that's what we're going to start. Um, so for me, when I look at the question of how the gospel affects my day-to-day -day life, the first place I go to, and it's where I go for a lot of other questions too, is Galatians 2.20. Uh, and that says, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live now in the flesh, I live in faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. Um, so when I think about how this changes what I do day-to-day, a lot of what I think about is that I'm not the same person I was before the gospel affected me. Um, I was crucified. The old Zach that existed back in high school, even early in college, 
Um, I died to him when I said yes to Christ. So now, and it's, it's a daily thing too. It's not like it happened once and it's done. Um, every day I have to wake up. And yeah, I just, yeah, I'm going to pull that back. I don't think there's any more. There's anything that is n- any transferable thought coming anywhere after that. Uh, so uh, there you go. Galatians 2.20. That punk couldn't even like read the verse correctly. So that's fun. But um, that is that is the verse that I like to lean on. Um, and, and to me, this takes us into a little more of a, of a theological realm, right? Because um, there is a, a very theological doctrinal aspect that we need to realize about the gospel. And that is that this new life necessitates death. And th- Thanks, Andre. Nice. We're not trying to record a podcast or anything like that. Um, so w- what I mean by that is that the life that we get now in Christ necessitated the death of Christ on the cross. In that as well, it necessitates the death of our sinful selves. Um, in a lot of ways, that's really easy to see. That's really obvious to see, right? You see someone going from obvious patterns of, of sin, very visual sin and death into a, a new pattern of what Christian life looks like. Sometimes you get that. Um, sometimes it's more subtle ways where, okay, I am laying down my pride or like I'm laying, I'm going to die to this, this idol I have of, of caring what people think about me. Um, I'm going to lay that down. I'm going to, I'm going to kill that. And, and I'm going to be raised to life in Christ. Um, so uh, a crew staffer by the name of Rick James wrote a book, A Million Ways to Die, Only One Way to Live. Um, uh, if you listen to our, our book club podcast we did a little while ago, that was one of the five books I recommended. And the whole thing hinges on that doctrinal idea that um, the path to life is a path of death. I, there, there are the couple of ultimate examples, right? The one where you go from unsaved to saved, right? You're accepting of the gospel. There's, there's that. That's a big one. And the other big one, of course, is your, your earthly death when you, when you do transition into eternal life. And uh, those, uh, those are kind of the clear, obvious ones to see. But then there are the little things. Um, and there's tons of really good anecdotes and stories that he tells to further this idea. I won't, I won't you know, ruin the book for you if you want to read it. I highly recommend it. So that that's kind of the first thing I wanted to pitch over to you guys. Um, and that kind of links it back to our, our first week as well. I think just to go off what you're kind of talking about, Zach, with this death to self that you might find a, a new life. Uh, I mean, very scriptural. There's plenty of passages, uh, including second Corinthians chapter five, talking about, um, Behold, the new has come for those who trust in Christ. But I think just to kind of like put two words on this pattern that you're describing, I would I would throw in the words repentance and faith. And I think in the gospel, oftentimes we, when we're defining it as this Jesus being sent to pay the penalty for our sin, that he might bring us to God. And you're describing that to go along with that, this change in life, this death to yourself and this being raised to a new life or a new way of living can be summarized by the pattern of repentance and faith because repentance says, okay, the way I've been doing repentance most simply is, is the idea of just you're going down one path and you're turning back 
to follow another path because you're recognizing the path you're on is not what you need uh, to be doing. And so I think that's kind of like the death to self because repentance acknowledges uh, that your way of doing things right now isn't working. Uh, as far as being made right with God, it most certainly isn't working uh, and being who we're made to be. And then this new life is faith because the new life is saying, Jesus did what I needed. He's the one who can make my affections right to, to be brought to God, to love God the way I ought to, and to love others the way I ought to. And this pattern of faith says Jesus has done what I couldn't do for myself, and he's empowering me by his spirit to do what I can't do. And I feel like that those two, the repentance coinciding with the, the death to self and faith corresponding to the new life. And I, I never really heard it, those two kind of intertwined that way, but it made a lot of sense while you were going. So I thought I'd just kind of riff off it. Welcome to TPM, where we're not sure if things make sense, but we riff off it and hope that it works. And I think it does. I think it does. No, you're totally right. Um, 100%. Yeah. I agree. And I think I think something that, you know, like the 30,000 foot view of those last two points, just to be super clear about it, is that the gospel prompts an action. And this is something that, you know, in, in any sort of ministry training, that is like the, the natural next step when you're talking about the gospel. It's like, okay, all these truths about where we were and what God did, and then it all leads to this big, like, expansive, so what? Like, what's next? And when Cody talks about faith and repentance, those these are like active choices and actions that people are taking in response to the truth of the gospel. And I think that's really important to, to point out in super explicit terms is that, you know, I, you know, and I, and I wrote in my, in my statement of the gospel, that gift is free for the taking. If we will accept it, you know, your kind of your mission choose you, should you choose to accept it? It's like, yeah, you got to accept that. You got to acknowledge those truths and you got to make a decision and a choice to turn from the things, um, you know, that you have been at before that are at odds with the gospel and that are at odds with God's truth. I think that's, that's, that's a part that's really evident in my favorite expression of the gospel in the Bible in Titus. Um, and it just, and I'll just read the first bit, I guess, because that's what's mostly relevant here. It says, at one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. I mean, what a vivid... What a vivid portrait of our lives before Christ. And then, but when the kindness and love, this is back to the scripture, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteousness, righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Um, yeah, and so when we were faced with that gospel truth, we made the decision to follow him instead of those kind of malice and envy things of the past. So... I think you you kind of leave us at a good point to maybe um, start to look at you know um, the the action steps here that that come from this right and, and you said it very verbatim is that this this gospel uh, it necessitates action right it's it's not just uh, this this thing just this truth that's there there is obvious response to it right and and. It just that is what it is. There's, it, there's not even like a, an explanation that goes with that. So, um, either to the person who might come across this, uh, who is who is the non-believer, or um, to our listeners out there who are still Christians, um, what do you guys have 
for the listeners that you want to leave them with. If you've got nothing else from this, uh, from this discussion on on the gospel, um, you know, as it as it comes out of our discussion of sin, you know, now going to the gospel, what do you want to leave with the listener, Cody? I have a couple things. I will do my best to uh, condense them down, but I think the first one is like the whole reason we even took the time to define gospel is to make sure that everyone knows what's going on when it's being said, because, you know, you might hear a different gospel. Uh, for example, one that we commonly call the prosperity gospel, which is this idea that God wants you to give your time, finances, things for him, whatever that is, and he'll give you everything you need in this life, comforts and, and money. And that's not good news because ultimately that kind of a gospel worships the kind of love of money that's already a part of our problem. Whereas the true gospel is this idea that Jesus has paid for our sins to be brought to God. And for non-Christians and Christians alike, this is where this ties in as well, is the core problem is Romans chapter 1, where we exchange the truth of God for a lie. We, we do not love God, and we don't love who he is and knowing him, and we'd rather go it our own way and love other things. And so if we're being, if Jesus came to pay the penalty for that, that means that whatever the opposite of sin is, is how we respond and how we enjoy how we're supposed to be made, which is to actually love and enjoy God, to uh, actually find joy in that relationship with him that we now have because Jesus has brought us to him. So I even say to the Christian who maybe could tell you a basic definition of the gospel to lead it to this idea of being brought back to God and loving him and, and acknowledging him. Um, and for the non-believer to realize that the gospel is not just a call to be forgiven, but a call to, um, to really embrace God who has done what he needed to through his son for us to be brought back to him. It occurs to me that we didn't start this conversation in the most obvious place, which is saying that, like the word gospel means good news or whatever, right? Unless we have said that and I missed it. But Cody just mentioned offhand, like it wouldn't be good news, blah, blah, blah. That's, you know, there's there's some meaning behind that and some reason that we use that terminology. Um, for me, I, I think I would take it back to where I started uh, with this very simple explanation of the gospel, this, quote, simple gospel, which I tried to figure out, like, who first said simple gospel, and I and I don't really know what the answer is, but doesn't matter that we know what the simple gospel is and for a topic that is overcomplicated so quickly and I'm not and, I, and you know I'm definitely not saying that we have overcomplicated it but we've sat here and talked about it for 20 minutes you know and it's talked about something that we summarized in one sentence um, and and who's in what you know something whose importance is not to be overlooked and not to be forgotten about and not to be obscured by complexity and so I think you know the importance of remembering the simplicity of the gospel and remembering that when kind of the theology is overwhelming and this is something that is very very practical for me on a daily weekly whatever basis is that when when <clears throat> kind of the, you get in the weeds and the thoughts and the all the knowledge that's out there surrounding these topics and all the questions gets overwhelming you can always back yourself all the way back to the simple gospel and it's all right there and that's what you need and um, and that and that's really comforting for me, and I think should be comfort comforting to the listener. 
So uh, as Andre brought you back to his original thought, I as well am going to bring you back to. We all just say. Yeah, I'm just going to say the important thing first. Obviously, I'm just going to say the exact same thing I already said. So, um, but it's because I really, really, really mean it, and I don't. I just don't think enough people really take it and let it sit in. Is that um, I, I'm going to I'm going to speak to the Christian out there who's heard this gospel every single Sunday, who's heard this gospel every week at their small group, um, that the gospel, the, the life offered in the gospel necessitates death. And the Christian walk in that truth of the gospel demands that you day in and day out die to the little bits of sin that you have in your life. That's, that's this process of sanctification, becoming more Christ-like as you grow and as you mature that process necessitates and involves dying to, to little bits and pieces of sin that you have. Not just, and, and I like using that word of, of dying because it's, there's so much more weight to it than just like, oh, I'm going to stop. Up. I'm yeah. going to stop doing this thing. I'm going to give this thing up in my life. No, you have to die to what that is. So to the Christian out there, look at your life. What, what in your life do you have that you need to let the gospel ring true in. What in your life needs to go from death to life? Is it the way you look at finances? Is it the way you look at alcohol? Is it the way you approach your friendships? Is it the way you approach your family? Is it pride? Is it the way you look at your career? What do you have in your life that is on a path to death that you need to let the gospel redeem? That's my challenge to the listener this week. Awesome. Man, this is the stuff. This is it. I usually don't get pumped up like this. But this I mean, but this like this is the bread and butter. Like I said, this is the foundation for for appropriately every other topic we hit on this podcast. So I think I think this has been a really good conversation. I love where we where we went and I think we have a really great foundation for for the rest of this this exciting second season serenaded by this beautiful updated music. I like it. I dig it. I think it's some of my best work. <laughs> uh, this has been very much verbal processing. We hope it was edifying. See you next week. <laughs>